God's ultimate plan is to get us back to the garden. Welcome to exegetical fallacies, things people say on social media that aren't quite right because they're talking about God, they're talking about the Bible, but they don't know the Word of God as well as they think they do, or they don't know the whole Word of God. Jesus was talking with the Sadducees and they came up with a problem for him and he said to them at the end of it, he said, you know, you have made an error because you don't know the Word of God. So that's what we want to do. We want to expound on the Word of God for you. Get rid of these fallacies. God's ultimate plan is to get us back to the garden. So much of what we do at Know My Faith is a result of people, often well-meaning people, not knowing their Bibles, not having read them often enough to get the big story, the meta story that God reveals from the first page of Scripture to the Amen at the end. God's plan is not to return us to that state we were in before Adam ate the apple. It's way, way better than that. All the way through the Bible, God describes his relationship with us as that of a bridegroom and his bride. We read this in very vivid detail in Ezekiel, where God likens Israel to a newborn baby found covered in filth on the side of the road or in the middle of a paddock and still attached to its afterbirth. He cleans her up, provides what she needs to live, and then when she has grown to womanhood, he marries her. What a picture that is. In the last book of the Bible, Revelation, we, the believing church, are described as the Bride of Christ. This picture is one of the overarching stories of the Bible. It's the whole reason God created the universe. Now, there's a lot more to a marriage relationship than putting on wedding rings and washing the dinner dishes. There is a very intimate element of marriage, and that is what God points to, a spiritual intimacy between Him and us. This is what it means in Hebrews 12 too, when it says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. That joy is the intimate relationship with us that he planned from before the world began. Remember, Revelation tells us that Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And that's why he told his disciples in Luke 22:15, with desire have I desired to eat this Passover with you. He knew what his death was purchasing for him a wife. His death was the bride price. So yes, because of our sin, we disqualified ourselves from that relationship. But to teach that if we can only get back to that sinless state in the garden, then everything will be okay, presupposes something that just isn't possible. You see, God is God. It stands to reason. But there is none like him. Deuteronomy 33:26 says, There is none like the God of Israel. Isaiah 46, 5, God says, Who will you liken me to and compare me that we may be alike? We, on the other hand, are creations, and creations are not compatible with the Creator, no matter how sinless we are. Even in the garden state, Adam was still Pinocchio to God's Geppetto. Pinocchio needed to change. And that's what the cross achieved for us. Jesus' death did not simply remove our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We are a completely new kind of being. What sort of being? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We are being transformed into his image. And the Greek word translated transformed is metamorpho, which we get that word metamorphosis from, like caterpillar to butterfly. 
So in a spiritual sense, our DNA has been melted down at the cross and is reformed into a completely new being that is like God. What does that look like? We have no idea. John tells us in 1 John 3, 2, that it doesn't yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So was the plan to get us back to the garden? As Paul says so many times in his letters, God forbid.